Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here with another episode with our uh, founder and CEO of Rent to Retirement, Zach Lamaster. And we're going to talk once again with Sean Moore, the founder of Odyssey, because we mentioned the word short-term rental and the world blew up uh, when it comes to our inboxes and people want to know. I mean, it's the it's the hot the hot topic in today's uh, real estate investing environment. I know when we were at Bigger Pockets Conference, Zach, I think every single person at some point asked us about short-term rentals. So we thought, you know what? The people want it. We should probably help the people find the right people to work with. And so that's why... We're talking with Sean today. So Sean, just kind of for anybody who hasn't listened to our previous episode with you, who are you and what is Vodacy? Yeah, awesome. Appreciate it, Adam. So we at Vodacy, we help people jump into the the exciting world of short-term rental investing. We talk a lot of a lot of people out there talk a lot of different avenues to use short-term rentals as a vehicle for passive investments. For us, we are not interested in, we are interested in the ownership model. We're not talking about um, control with our arbitrage or co-hosting here at Vodacy. We very much are interested in owning these assets and that comes with its own unique challenges, but also some of some very unique and uh, awesome benefits on the back end as well. And so here at Vodacy, we help people dive into that game, really build lifestyle, financial freedom, investing in vacation homes. Sean, when you talk about uh, actually helping people like piece together that plan, can you talk a little bit more specifically about exactly what your program does? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of interest in the short term spaces. Adam mentioned this is a space that I've recently over this past year started to invest heavily in and have significantly enjoyed it for a number of reasons I'm excited to talk about. But there's all sorts of shiny objects out there when you talk about um short-term rentals. I mean, Vodacy is the largest education program in the world when it comes to short-term rentals. We've personally seen um, people that have been very successful being a part of your community, tapping into that network and going through your program. But can you talk a little bit more specifically about like how exactly are you helping set people up for success? Yeah. So, so I'll unpack that a little bit. I appreciate that, Zach. Is one, one thing that we really realized when I started investing in short-term rentals back in really full-time back in 2015 and really made this asset class our main focus in my personal portfolio was that it's a complicated world. There's not, there's, and out there, when I started looking up for help, because I'm a big believer in coaches, I hire a lot of coaches in my life to help me go through things. I started to realize there's a lot of people who taught different phases or different aspects of it, right? And maybe how to manage and maybe how to optimize on on the OTAs like Airbnb, or maybe, you know, how to, how to go out and, and figure out how to set up all your software to do this. Well, I realized that if I wanted to own these assets and I wanted to create them to be passive, I realized there's a lot, there's there's some major phases that we have to go through and we'll dive more into this but we there's three major phases there's the acquisition phase that you're going to go through because you got to find the right location and the right properties that fit your property goals and there's a lot to unpack there and then we're going to then we have to roll into after we own the asset we've got to set up that set up the property and put a management um, structure in place so that these don't become second jobs so they can be actually passive investments because short-term rentals are not exactly passive if you try to manage them yourself You've got people coming in and out all the time. And so that's a major phase that has a lot of different things that you have to unpack. And then finally, once it's all set up, we bought the property, it's all set up. What do we do to stand out in these crowded marketplaces right now? So we have that final phase of marketing these assets and being able to not only market them on the major OTAs, and that stands for online travel agencies, and that refers to your Verbos and your Airbnbs and bookings.com. And that's mainly where people market, but there's a wide world out there of marketing and being able to really maximize these assets. And so we, we dive into that in the marketing phase. And when I started doing this at Vodacy and started to put Vodacy together as what it has become today is I started thinking, okay, how do we, how do we do this? So as I started doing it, right, naturally, people ask you, how are you doing it, right? They're saying, oh, can you help me do it, right? The people that are closest to you. And then that, then that, that network starts to grow and more people are talking about it. And so that's when I started saying, okay, maybe I can put together a, a program to help people do this. Originally, I thought I'm just going to do an online program and I'm just going to sell it for, and and people can go, I can automate it. Like well, realized that that wasn't exactly setting people up for success either. And so how we help people is a three-pronged approach as well. We have 
a masterclass that dives into all the details of those three major phases. But we're really a done with you type of a program where we, we want to put our arms around somebody and say, hey, listen, we want you to leverage our experience and, and the road that we've run down to really compress time. So it's very much a masterclass, a, co a course that you have access to to give you that blueprint plan to follow. But then there's a coaching program and a mastermind group that are all together. They're all kind of inclusive. And that's how we uh, we found our best chance of helping people kind of reach the pinnacle and have success in this game and operate at higher than average levels in the markets they're in. That's so, huge. And I'm glad that you mentioned all that. Thank you, Sean. I think that when, when I look at some, you know, when I look at hiring a coach or wanting to be part of an organization of a, a new asset class or a new venture that, that I want to succeed at, I look to the people that are already successful in those areas. Those are the people that I want to surround myself with and, and hire, right? And learn from over time. Um, and so you, I mean, you've been in real estate for decades now and you, yeah. you've um, done a lot of different things in the single family and, you know, you, you've seen great success in the short term rental. And I, I love that story because that's very similar to, to my story of like, Hey, we were actually just successful in this area. Yeah. And then people started coming to us asking for, for advice and in the platform and program to follow in a blueprint. And that's very much like the business just naturally developed from that. And, and it sounds like that's very much the case with the short-term rental space. Um, but it's not one size fits all. We, we are a turnkey company. People ask, well, I just want to buy a, a turnkey short-term rental. Um, and, I, and I constantly want to remind them that like, while you can do that, you can just go out and buy an operational short-term rental, really where this business becomes fun, in my, in my opinion, and where a lot of the value is, is to be a little bit more intricately involved to be different in the market and you know, take your creativity and put that into that uniqueness into that rental to allow you to operate in that top 1% of the, the rentals um, to not only increase your income, um, but then also just like stand out from the crowd. And that's so important, but then you can set it up to be turnkey, but you just have to be a little bit more involved in the front end, especially. Yes. And I think that's where, you know, learning from your expertise and following your program is, is, is so essential. Uh, just to remind anyone that didn't listen to the last episode, the, how I actually found Sean is that when I purchased my first um, high-end short-term rental, we I was sourcing different property managers, and then I found one I really like. I was checking references. Three out of the four references I checked um, that all had properties that were operating at the top 1% of their, their market, which, by the way, is a difference of over six figures yeah. into the six figures of income difference. Uh, in those areas for similar type houses, that's dramatically different. Um, all were part of Odyssey. And they're like, hey, you got to talk to Sean. You got to talk to Sean. And so, and it was Rod that put us in touch. And of course, we're going to have him on to interview. Uh, but that was just, that was just super cool. So uh, we, we talked about last time kind of the, the benefits of short-term rentals in, gen in general and kind of the exciting things with those. So just to review those with everyone, um, I think the benefit of going a short-term route is one, you have the potential to have increased income above what you would on a, on a long-term rental, especially in certain areas. You have the benefit of being able to use your creativity and be involved and use that uniqueness. And to me, that's exciting. A lot of my portfolio is built up of, at one point in time, it was single family and then multi and then commercial retail and industrial, which is super boring, by the way. And, and now we're in the short-term space, which is a lot of fun. Also, the lifestyle aspect of it, you get to use the house, right, if, if you want to. And if you're doing that, you also potentially have access to better financing, like with a second home loan, which has lower percent down. That can be huge, especially on, on higher end type short term rentals. You have additional tax benefits, especially if you're actively managing the property. Um, you can actually do accelerated depreciation potentially on that and, and um, you know, take additional tax benefits that you may not qualify for in long term rentals where you're not a real estate professional. And then the last point I think we hit on was just the higher appreciation. Um, you know, likely in these these um, higher end type of properties, we're going to have higher appreciation long term. But I love the creative aspect of it. I really want to dive in, Sean, to a little bit more about some of the like case studies and some success stories because I think a lot of people come into this space and they they like short term rentals just because they like the idea of it. They're like, oh, we can go vacation there, but like. How do you transition someone to taking that to like a full-time business and creating six or potentially seven figures of passive income through short-term rentals? And do you have any case studies that we can go through with that? Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a number of them, and I and um, a couple are coming to mind that would touch on a, a couple of those key points that you're making. Because I always tell people too, one 
you know, we've, we talked about this on the last episode when we, when we were talking is there's pros and cons to every asset class, right? And there's, and we can, and I love that when you listed out those reasons, those are the same reasons we love short-term rentals, the benefits of them, right? But sometimes short-term rentals may not fit into your property goals and what you're really trying to do. But a lot of times they may, but you really have to understand why and what you're looking for. And that first, the first case study I'm going to kind of show you or talk to you about is one of our members originally was buying in, and this was back pre-COVID. This was like right when COVID was hitting. So 2020, when we were helping a, an investor, he's a CPA out of Atlanta, never invested in, in um, any sort of real estate. The only in, property he'd ever owned was the home that they lived in, wanted to get into the game, saw what, you know, some of his clients were doing with real estate and thought, okay, I, I want to do this. And, and they were attracted to short-term rentals and they were very diligent. They, they got into our coaching program. They understood the game. They wanted to buy in Destin, Florida. And back then Destin was still a very hot market as it is today, right? It was, it was houses were sitting on the market for maybe a week or two and they were gone and they were, everything was getting outbid. And he looked at a property and looked, understood the game he was playing, understood the opportunities, understood some of the challenges in that market. But there was a the house that would had been a previous short-term rental, had been on the market as a short-term rental for eight years. And everybody was ignoring it. This house was listed for $750,000 at the time. And it was on the market for five months. And so for five months on a market, the, the average time on the market was less than two weeks. That's that's an eternity, right? There's something wrong with this house. And everybody was ignoring it, saying there's something wrong. And it was all those people that were saying, I'm just going to kind of ignore it because everybody else is ignoring it versus understanding why it was sitting on the market. Well, the house had been the most it had ever made previously. Gross revenue was $63,000 in gross revenue. And so if you're in running the numbers, just so everybody's listening, kind of a kind of my general rule of thumb, you need to your break even point if you're going to finance a property, most of the time is going to be generally about 10% of your acquisition has to be your gross revenue has to be 10% of your acquisition is kind of your break even mark. So at a $750,000 acquisition, $63,000 means I'm losing money every year, right? And so that's why everybody's ignoring it. But instead, he was able to look at it, peel back a few more layers of the onion and say, well, why is it underperforming? It's in a great area. It was a decent house. It needed a little bit of work, but we're talking about very cosmetic paint and not, I don't even know if they did carpet. It was like paint and like just cleaning the place up a little bit. And so it didn't need a huge rehab. And he looked at it and said, okay, it, it's being mismanaged. We realized because we really focus on one, the acquisition, but also understanding the management and the marketing side of it, you can say and find these assets. And he found an asset that was being mismanaged and not marketed correctly in a market that that property should have generated way more than it was the previous eight years on the market. And it was being professionally managed. It wasn't being managed by the homeowner. It was a, it had a professional management company doing it. And so, Jeff, um, it, it, it's uh, in our, just so you guys are aware, you can read these entire case studies on bodicey.com, go to forward slash success, uh, success um, stories. And there on that, you'll find these case studies. We have hundreds of them on there, but Jeff and Jessica's story is on there as one of the downloadable case studies and all the exact numbers are there. But in the point of this is that they decided to make an offer, said, hey, listen, we're going to look at the revenue range. We understand now how to underwrite this market in the acquisition phase. And we realized that that house was performing at the bottom level of that revenue range. They, were, they weren't even getting their fair share of bookings. They were getting under their fair share of bookings. And so the upside for that property was pretty significant. He realized that but still second guessed himself, right? This is this is the benefit of being around other people who are doing it. One of the things we do at Vodacy is we, with all of our mastermind members, is we we look over their shoulder. When, we, when they underwrite a deal, they have the ability to send it into us and we make sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. And they sent it to me and I said, yeah, it looks good. You really did a good job finding, <clears throat> excuse me, finding an opportunity that everybody else ignored. And then COVID hit and everybody like lenders went down and he was like, and, and I tell you this because at that time, everybody was like, don't do anything. We don't know what's happening in the world now. Hospitality, I mean, Airbnb and VRB are literally shut down. And this was three days before he was supposed to close on the property. And he said, what do you think? I said, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. This is new to all of us, right? I don't, I don't know what to tell you about this, the pandemic, but you know, I can tell you that it looks like a really good asset. We're in these for the long term, And, normally things like this will move move through. I don't know how long it's going to take. And 
that I can't, I mean, you're writing the check, Jeff. I can't, I, I, I really, at that point, I was like, it's in your hands. And I tell you that because he did have the confidence to actually move forward and close on that property. And the, at that first year, and he was scared to death. And I would tell you that because sometimes we have to go through some of those decisions and those decision points. The easy decision is to say, I'm not going to do it. Right. And, but he had done his due diligence. He had had the confidence that he had a really good opportunity that nobody else was taking, closed on that property, put about 40 or $50,000 into it. So his baseline is into it about $800,000 his first year. And it was, a, it wasn't even a full year. I think it was around 10 months. They had, they brought in $163,000 in gross revenue. And then every year since then, it's been going up and he's right about $250,000 in revenue on that property that they bought. So it turned into an amazing, uh, uh, you know, great return, everything else. But they, they, they understood the process, right? If you don't understand the process and you're just going to go buy a property and throw it on and get your fair share of business, you don't need me, right? Or anybody for that matter. Go, if you're going to get your fair share of business, then just you're riding the market. You're speculating. The market's going to give you what it's going to give you, right? Our job is to help people get their unfair share of business, to operate <laughs> in that top one or 2%. I want you to get your unfair share so that you make more than everybody else does. <laughs> so when it comes to that, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned the three stages, but it really sounds like the acquisitions and the marketing needs to come together because you have to see if you can get into that top one or 2%. Um, as well. I mean, management, maybe you talk with them a little bit, but it really sounds like the first and the third happen first. They, that- you know, it's a great point, Adam. Like in our course, I have them in a circle, right? And I always tell people they all intersect, even though we have acquisition, management and marketing. If they're, if you don't understand all three of those phases in the, from the very beginning or even the very end, I always tell people the same thing on the opposite side. There's people who have underperforming properties that come to us and say, I only need to know how to market this better. And that's so not true. You have to understand all three major phases in order so you can, because it's like looking at a business or a car under the hood. If you really only understand tires on a car and you don't understand anything about the engine, you know, you, you, it might have a bump when you're going down the road. It might not be the tires, but that's all you're looking at. You think it's the tires. So all three of those major phases help you make better decisions on why an asset is performing, what your potential is in a market, you know, what you plan to do. Like Zach was talking about creating, we call it creating the fairy or delivering the fairy tale, creating these unique experiences and having our creativity come to life. Uh, really, it worked that, you know, you would assume that that's just a marketing play. That's very, very much part of your acquisition. And so, yeah, it, it's really all three of those are really major because management, for example, if your management is who's going to deliver all of that to your guest. If that doesn't get delivered correctly, it doesn't matter how great your marketing is, your product's not good. Even though you might have a great, a great house in a great location, we're delivering experiences, right? And so if we can't deliver the experience as part of that house, you know, the, the, I, always, I always challenge people to say, does your Airbnb listing look the same as it would look if you were selling the house on Zillow? It shouldn't. Most of them do, but it shouldn't. You're not selling a house on Airbnb, you're selling an experience. Well, management is what delivers that experience. And so that is ultimately going to put more money in our pocket as well, because I can have the best marketing in the world. If I don't have a good product to deliver, really doesn't matter. Really quickly, my reviews are going to go down and I, I don't have anything that, you know, other than, you know, uh, well, I was going to say a swear word, but I, I won't. I, I've got a really crappy product with, with some whipped cream on top. Right? This, this is uh, this is an open forum. All right. Speak freely. But uh, man, I got a whole page of notes as I'm listening to you speak. But really, I think what, what this is about and to be successful in this game is not just following the run of mill short-term rental and put something on Airbnb, right? It's really about to operate the, the, in the place you want to be, which I, I think, in my opinion, requires a little bit of guidance if you're not a short-term professional, which most of us aren't. Right. Um, and there's always things we can do better, right? And that's what's part of being about a, the best thing about being part of a community, which right. coaching programs are, are good and you get little nuggets and some of those nuggets can make you, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, which are huge. But what's even more important is being part of a, a network and a community where you can share ideas, compare and contrast, invest with partners potentially in an area, right? Or, or meet people in an area that you want to invest in. This is a networking business, real estate in general. And I would argue that networking is the most important thing in any business. Yeah. So that the community aspect is huge. I just want everyone mm-hmm. to realize that like, that's really what you're tapping into, right? Not only yes. are you getting a, a coaching program, but it's tapping into this network of other people that are successful. Um, 
and you just don't accept anybody. You know what I mean? You're like yeah. you, you got to make sure it's a right fit. But really, what this is about to be successful in this game is yes. How do we operate at that top? You know, one percent of short-term rentals. How do we capture market share in that area and create that unique experience? So your your property stands out because yeah, anyone can take a property and throw it on Airbnb or VRBO or whatever the case is. But how do you really optimize that, which can be dramatically different in the income potential? Um, and that's really what we've shifted to uh, in, in our buying. Um, so we, we have a portfolio of about $10 million in short-term rentals right now. Um, we're closing on the last one here, probably about two weeks. That's three properties. Yeah. Um, so we, we buy high-end type of stuff. We, we did a second home loan on each one of those. So if you don't think you can do multiple second home loans, you absolutely can. Yeah, you can. Uh, we use the three different banks for those because the same bank wouldn't give us a second home for each one of those. Uh, we, are, vacations. <laughs> yeah. we are planning to use those uh, for anyone that's you know, questioning me. Like, go, go out and learn about this stuff because it's possible. Yes. 10% down on each one of them. But what we're doing right now, and I, this is super exciting to me as I start to learn about this stuff and these strategies, is that there, there's like you know these burr opportunities, these value adds of properties that are out there that have this huge potential that just are being you know not marketed appropriately or not or not exactly. managed appropriately. All these are value adds, Sean, that we're increasing the income on them by an average of twenty five to thirty five percent in year one yeah. on these assets without doing any renovations. Okay. We, we did some renovations on some of them, you know, small, but this is not like, like what we're used to going and doing a gut rehab yep. on an older house or doing brand new construction. Like these are nice houses and areas that, you know, it's just about creating that experience. And maybe we do a little bit of updating and decor, but it's about having a strategic business plan. And that's super cool to me. And that's a lot of fun. Um, and man, we've had such great performance with those, but it, it's is, awesome. In that that point that you're making, we call it, I call it in, in when I talk to people, it's the Burr and B method, we say. And so, because one of the things is when we hear about the Burr method or we feel like we're going to go do a value add to a property, typically in our minds, we're thinking it's going to be a major rehab. And I don't, you know, I don't want to do that rehab. Well, think of these as like little businesses. There are a lot of levers you can pull to add value and increase revenue on a, on an Airbnb or a, a short-term rental that you can, that has nothing to do with a rehab. And, and that's, what's really, really exciting and really, really fun is because you can go add value and there's a lot of opportunity to add value because consider the majority of the market is always just going to have kind of the average house. And a lot of these average houses, by the way, are beautiful homes that are furnished like model homes. Their, their photos look like model homes, right? They're, they're beautiful, but they're not pulling all the levers. And you can look when you can look under the hood and you understand those levers that you can pull and the ones that aren't being tapped into, it gets really, really exciting really fast. So like how many homes, when you look at the Airbnb market, and like, say in Austin, for example, I look at the Airbnb market and I'm thinking about buying here in an average market. How many people that own Airbnbs are really trying? Um, I mean, I know people are putting them up there wanting to make money, but how many would you say are really actively trying to reach that 1%? Yeah, I would. I, I tell people it's way easier to operate in the 1% than it is in the, the 50%. You know, I would say. 85, 90% of the market is right in the middle of the market. And so you will find this a significant jump in that top 10%. And, and you get in the top 1%, it's, you know, it's huge, but that, that you don't have to even be the top 1%. If you can get in that top 10 or 15%, you're starting to make significant increases in your revenue because the majority of the market is right around that 80, 85%. And everybody's kind of the same. Everybody's right in that group together. When you get above that and figure out how to pull those levers to get you up there, all of a sudden you feel like, man, there's not as much competition up here. I'm able to do different things. People are noticing me more. It's it's like this. All of a sudden, you know, it's like you're you're walking through the fog, and then all of a sudden the fog lifts, and you're you, you, things are just more clear. And so it's actually there's effort. I don't want to say there's not effort to get there. It's that front end effort that Zach was talking about, saying, hey, listen, you're going to have to do a few things in the beginning to plant some of those seeds. But once you plant those seeds, now all of a sudden you start to reap that harvest at the end. And, and it's a, the fog lifts and it's a lot clearer and a lot less crowded up there. There's way more elbow room at the top. And it's, it's, man, it's so important to just be, uh, 
like have that business plan and, and that yes. vision and then implement it because yeah, if, if you're in a long-term rental, it's like, okay, your rents are on your 1700 square foot house here are 1100 to 1175. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's your range. There is no such range in short-term rentals, right? Yeah. Like you can literally create a new market um, just by having that, that um, personal touch to stuff and that business plan and having the right people involved. Just going back to my story, not that I want to brag on this too much, but I am excited about <laughs> yeah. it. So I want to talk about it. Like we took those those three houses, um, and granted, we're still closing on one, but we from from producing because um, they were all operational as short term rentals to some degree um, prior. We took we were taking all of those from um, the income in in year one of doing less than a million dollars to likely between one point six to one point seven, um, and they would not have made sense from a income perspective, buying as just as operational. And that's why I think they sat there forever. Yep. Um, and, but increasing where they're at now, we're going to have double digit returns on those. And so, yes, it's a little bit more work, but that's super cool and exciting. And now that also opens up, like there's, there's certain, you know, like lines of credit specific, there's companies that have specific like future revenue lines of credit and things like this on short, once you have short term rental history, like it just opens up this door to other stuff. And it's just, it's really cool to get into that and start to learn about it. But you obviously got to have a clear action plan and, and go down that path. Um, Sean, I want to talk a little bit more about like where we're headed today. I, I think some people, and we've, I'm glad that you brought up COVID because one thing we learned in, in this space is that people don't stop traveling, right? Like even in, there could be a little bit debate, you know, depending on specific locations and things like this, like, all right, maybe less populated areas, but in general, people are going to travel. Like either we're flying in the U.S., we like to get around, right? So we like to yeah. either fly or we're going to get in our car, RV, we're going to drive around, uh, whatever the case is. Adam's going to take the horses out. I mean, we're just going to make it happen, right? So people are going to keep moving, whether we're in a recession, whether we are restricted by a global pandemic, um, you know, you're, you're not shutting us down. But what are we kind of seeing as, as far as like market trends? What are some things to be aware of right now specifically? If someone's just getting into the short-term rental game, how can they set themselves up for success and, and what do they need to be aware of? Well, it's two, two things you want to look at, Zach, because you're really looking at two markets. If you're going to be buying an asset, you really need to understand the environment that you're buying into right now, right? We've got skyrocketing interest rates. And so that is going to affect your underwriting. As long though, as a, it doesn't matter whether you're paying 2% interest or 12% interest, that as long as the, the money you're borrowing fits into the business plan and the property can actually produce and the, it can generate revenue. So you have to sharpen your pencil a little bit more in some markets, but let's assume you're finding markets that work because they're out there and there's a lot of them and they still work at high interest rates. The other market on the backside is the short-term rental demand market, right? Well, how many people are traveling? Short-term rentals have become so mainstream that it and the revenue, we, we're, I mean, we're analyzing markets daily. That's what we do at Vodacy. And we're looking at markets all across the country in different countries. And we are seeing almost without exception, 30 to 40% increase in total revenue in markets across the board, it's not dropping. The demand is continuing to stay very, very strong. And we're seeing like big jumps in total revenue. And where I was talking about before, it's fun to go get your unfair share of that. Now, the slice, of, now the interesting part about this is the slice of your pie, your fair share is getting smaller for a lot of people because the supply of short-term rentals has grown so significantly over the last couple of years. So a lot of these markets, the supply has gotten big, but it's that 80% of the people operating in the middle. So some people you'll hear them say, well, my revenue has gone down or my occupancy has gone down. That that's very much a true statement. I'm sure that that has happened to them, but that means that they didn't understand all the levers that they can pull to jump up to take, get their unfair share because there's more dollars being spent in this game than there ever has been. And it's not even close. I mean, it's, it's like, you're seeing, we're seeing big jumps year over year. And we, we always look back about a five-year span and it's always been pretty consistent. The last two years and this last year specifically, we thought we were going to see a little bit of a, in 2022, we thought it was going to level out a little bit. Occupancy in a lot of markets did drop, but the total dollars spent in those markets has gone up significantly. And so that's really, really exciting because if you understand how to get found in these crowded markets and you understand how to stand out, you understand how to deliver an amazing experience, your, the, the money being spent in your market is there. And so it's up to you and, and us as investors to go take that. Just to your point, you bought some nice assets and 
you're jumping your revenue by, I mean, 60, 70% in year one on, I mean, that's crazy. And they were operational already. We see that all the time. It's the same as Jeff and Jessica's story earlier. It happens all the time. The other really fun part about this business is we're seeing a lot of secondary markets, smaller markets that are a lot less expensive to get into. You have a beautiful portfolio. I know some of your properties and, but you know, you can go buy properties in the two, $300,000 range that are performing really, really well right now, like really well. And um, one of our members who is, who came into our program, they make over a million dollars a year passively. They're they have six properties, their entire portfolio acquisition cost on their entire portfolio is about 2.2 million for six properties. So, and they, they, in their pocket net after all expenses, paying everything is they're putting over over a million dollars a year in their pocket. And that's- And they're not self-managing, right? They have management. Yeah, they have managers, that, yep. Which yeah. is essential. And that's what, I think that's a that's huge. That is so cool and exciting to hear. But I mean, some people, I think they get frightened that uh, to either that they, it's a full-time job to self-manage, no. which again, you don't have to. Actually, it's same thing with long-term rentals. I think it's better to find a professional manager who will yep. do it better than you anyway. Um, and it's worth paying them or they get turned off by this 30, you know, for some 40% managerial fee and, you know, really for the right people, like you got to pay them what they're worth. And it's, it's just part of the, the math equation. Yeah, It's part of the underwriting. I don't manage any of my own properties. Never have, don't ever plan to, because I want passive investments that I can use that, that bring me money in. But every single property that I underwrite, I underwrite 30% management in there. And if, if it can't perform with that, then I don't typically buy the property. And so um, it, it's it's just part of the numbers, right? It's like when you when you do any sort of investment, you put your utility bills in on a long term rental, and you're covering the you're covering the electrical on that long term rental. It is what it is. You put it in there. If it underwrites and it and it makes sense, who cares about paying it, right? It's part of your. It's part of doing business. If and I'm that's one thing that I'm very different at um, talking about than a lot of other trainers out there, coaches out there is. I don't, I'm not a big proponent of self-management. I don't think it's what most people are. Most people I don't think are walking into the game with their eyes wide open and understand what self-management actually looks like. Most people do not have the time and are not cut out for it. So that's the big reason I don't. But it, at the end of the day, I don't want to create second jobs for people, right? And so I want them to buy investments as passive investments. Yeah, I, uh, I've self-managed some of my long terms myself. And I tell people, you hear those horror stories of the 2 a.m. phone call about the toilet being broken. Well, your phone ringing at 2 p.m. isn't much fun either. No. And uh, <laughs> you got a short-term rental. Do you really want to get that call at you know 2 p.m. from your the new guest saying, hey, the cleaner didn't do this. And yeah. so then you got to get them on the phone and say, hey, you need to go back over there and clean it up. Like Sometimes it's, you just pay people what they're worth and you know, let exactly. them do the thing that they did. I mean... My my life wasn't. Uh, I didn't arrange my whole life around managing rentals. I uh, there's other things I'd like you to want do. It, yeah, there's other things that are a lot funner to do. And <laughs> and even and usually the calls in short term rentals is not even the problems. It's hey, the, I can't figure out how to turn the fan on, or this remote's not working, so I can watch Netflix. I mean, it's just you get calls like that all day long, and they're set up to take those calls. Your management company is going to be set up too. So if you're not and you don't want to take them all day, I just <laughs> I just don't think that that's the right fit for most people. Yeah, it's the best utilization of your time, right? I mean, exactly. it's not, That's it's, not it's working on your business and growing yep. your portfolio versus in the, in the weeds. Uh, and I, I'm, I appreciate you bringing up the fact because I was talking about, uh, about the, we were a little bit going down the path, like more higher end type of properties, which is some of the stuff that, that we were personally acquiring. But I'm glad that you made the point of short term rentals really can be in all markets in all different price points. Like it's all about being unique and finding that opportunity. Yes. And, and setting it up appropriately. And the last thing I'll say though, in a rate interest rate environment right now that we're seeing above 7% for interest rates, yeah, we were able to get second home loans for uh, low fives, by the way. So also something, a that, unique advantage out there. So. I love it. And you're, you made the point on that you guys are utilizing the second home loans. That is a big tool that a lot of people are misinformed on. And, and that they don't really understand how to, to implement and be able to take advantage of second home loans for short-term rentals. I mean, even the traditional second home loans, Fannie and Freddie backed loans that, I mean, they allow us to do short-term rentals and they allow us to have management companies on them. Like people will say, well, if you do that, you can't have a management company. You can't do this. You can't. That's so untrue. It's not that it's not the case. Get uh, get educated on a second home loan, what you can and can't do with them because they're a phenomenal tool to be able to get in this game. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick because yeah. I think a lot of people are there's there's so much confusion out there and misinformation about second home. It's like, and I would encourage you, everyone that's interested in that, like go go learn about it because there's yeah. actually different things you need to be aware of. Yeah. One is what is the IRS classification, right? And yeah. and basically, I mean, if you have income on the property, you got to report it. It doesn't yeah. matter the lending structure that no. you, that you have on it. No. But to be classified with the IRS. You need to be using it 14, um, you know, 14 days a year. Okay. So, I mean, and, and look that up now, uh, separate from that, there's a lender regulation that are they going to allow you to, to give you this loan as a second home loan? Um, and will they give you multiple? And that's different from the IRS guidelines, right? It's yes. like within each lender can be different. And can you have multiple? Um, and that's a lot more restrictive. Will the lender actually allow you to classify this as a second home? And the days that you spend there is not the same as the IRS guideline. They can come up with their own regulations. So, I mean, look into that stuff, but really it comes down to like, yeah, to your point, Sean, just educating yourself on on what the options are out there. Um, yeah. And, you know? and when you're talking about traditional second home loans, Fannie and Freddie back type loans, I mean, they're going to allow you to have up to 10 of those, but without really without question, one of the, there's two things that they want to see one, when you're getting more than one, they want to see, is it bigger and better or a different location, right? You can buy properties in the same location. It just has to be a reason like, well, it's an upgrade, right? Maybe I'm getting a bigger or better property in that same location. Outside of that location, you can go buy different second homes. People that doesn't, I mean, second homes or vacation is just a term, right? That's just a vacation home. It doesn't mean it can't be your third or fourth home. It doesn't always have to just be the second home. But, and then third, it, they really look at, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up on and they say, well, it's why isn't it an investment if you're renting it out? The lender usually is going to say, now there are second home loan portfolio loans. You always want to, just like to your point, Zach, always talk to the lender, make sure you understand their criteria. But a traditional Fannie, Freddie backed type of loan, they're going to say you can't lose control of the home. You have to intend to use this home personally. If you don't intend to use it personally and it's strictly an investment, it's not a second home. But the lifestyle assets or short-term rentals are you're going to most likely use it personally. And it says you can't lose control of it. That doesn't mean you don't have a management company. It means that you can't sign a long-term lease where you can't use it anytime you want. What that means is I, I can have a management company. I just have to have access to the calendar and say, if if it's available and I want to go use it, I need to have the ability to use it. That means I don't lose control of that property. And I do intend to use it as a second home, right? And now it's going to qualify. And it's, and it's a lot about intent and then ultimately what you end up doing. And so you just want to be clear on what the rules and regulations are for it. But man, they usually, if you're going to plan to use your property, a second home loan is usually a really great option because your terms are awesome. I mean, they're, they're very similar to primary home loans. You know, you got 10% down, very favorable rates, a lot lower rates than you're going to find on investment products. And so, you know, they, they, they can look into it because it's a phenomenal tool to get into the game. That can make all the difference. Yeah. That can make something it worth is. it when it, when it doesn't otherwise with other financing yeah. options, right? Absolutely. Love of all that's good. Get the right CPA. Zach and I have talked about <laughs> yes. this on the show. If you're going to be having multiple second home loans, make sure you've got the right CPA doing your taxes. Yes. And and I one that, that understands the asset classes you're in for sure. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd love to put a, just an asterisk and an exclamation point on that, Adam. You're, you're so right. I love when people uh, tell me I can't do something. Um, you can't do that <laughs> right? because it's almost like a personal, like, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm going to go do that. Watch me. You know yeah. what I mean? I was, Love I was in the air force. I didn't really enjoy it because I didn't, didn't enjoy being told what to do all the time, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's like a personal motivation thing. I don't know. But, um, I want to talk Sean about, um, you know, it's just with the short terminal game. So to be clear with Vodacy and again, we've seen a lot of people come through your program that have just, um, like way outperformed the run of the mill. People have better business plans in place. This is for, I mean, really your, your program isn't just for someone that wants to get started in short-term rentals. Um, this is for someone that wants to, whether it's their first property, 10th, whatever the case is, even if they have an existing portfolio, it's like, how do how do you really optimize those? Right. If, yes. And how do you create this into a really an, an actual business, which is important and set it up to be a turnkey portfolio yeah. um, and, and surround yourself with the right people in the team and tap into this community. So whether you're a first time short term investor or someone that's already has short term rentals and you want to optimize your your performance, like, you know, definitely something to consider. And I know that you have some pre giveaways for our community, which, of course, we we appreciate and we'll, we'll showcase those. But 
I, I think also part of just being like, you, you need to be legislatively involved and you really need to be paying attention or at least have a property management and or community um, that you're a part of that is on the up and up, right? With, yes. with how, because this is a, a constantly evolving space. Um, to be also just kind of personal example, we just realized in Colorado that Breckenridge, as of just a few weeks ago, they stopped doing short-term rental licenses altogether. And they're not, they're not grandfathered in. So when they sell the house, it doesn't come along with the house. And yeah. so what that means is the people that you know were selling their houses had, that were operating in short-term rentals, that actually decreases the buyer pool for them because there's less buyers be, that are going to you know, want to acquire those properties. Um, and, then, and then also the, there's going to be over time less short-term rentals available for people to rent in the area. And so one of our strategies is we bought a house that was just outside of the Breckenridge um, jurisdiction. It's in a town called Blue River, just south of Breckenridge by like eight miles. Um, yeah. So that's um, that, and that's the one we're closing on here soon. But I mean, there's certain things that you really need to be tapped into. Uh, what are what are some things? Some other things that need, people need to be aware of as they're building out their portfolio. Yeah, and it, it it's right. This is kind of the the year of regulations. It feels like right. There's a lot of places that are are really figuring out how they want short-term rentals to fit into their communities. And there are some, some regulations that are saying, hey, we're like record is saying, hey, we've, we've had enough. There's enough of them here. We feel like we're full. We're stopping it, right? You're not in it. We're not going to give you any more. And there's other communities that are welcoming it. And so it's really being in tune with that. That's a really good one. Um, and then really that, you know, when you like to your point, this is an evolving game always. And, and it's the, the, the blueprint, the business plan, the foundational understanding of the game is that's been really the same for us since I started in 2015, right? The, the things that we do on the acquisition, the setup and management and the marketing foundationally are the same. So one, you really should have a really good foundational understanding of how to, how to play in all three of those phases. But next, to your point, be involved in the communities and be be make sure that you know what's going on currently because current events and current regulations and current things that are happening are a big deal and can really help you with the foundation you've already built, really continue to progress and continue to get to stay at the top. Well, maybe you, if you're at the top and you forget about that stuff, you can fall pretty quick. So you want to make sure you're staying on top of it. I always tell people as proud as I am of the the course and the coaching that we have, the most valuable aspect of what we have is the community. You're, you know, these are high operators at, that are operating across the country in the top five, 10, 1% of every market that they're in almost, almost, ex and we've got, you know, if you're in a rubbing shoulders with those people, you're going to naturally, you know, you're going to, you're going to operate with them. Right. And you're going to hear a lot of things and you're going to tap into that collective experience. And so I would definitely say the number one, that if you don't have a great community of people that are doing what you want to do, like I always, I was just talking to one of our community members yesterday and she was saying to everybody's how, you know, she's like, I have so many people coming to me in my market asking us what we're doing, how we're doing it. And we're always, you know, sharing with them. But as I answer the questions, she says, I didn't realize how much over the two years I actually learned. Like she's like, it, it, you know, you, you forget where you were two years ago, she said, and being part of this community and being part of the constant conversation. We, we, for, you know, you almost take for granted how much you're absorbing and how much you're learning by just being part of the community. And she was making that point. I, like our Vodacy community, I always not joke with them. I'm serious with them when I tell them, you know, you guys, 90% of you could go out and teach more than most of the coaches out there. And because they operate at such a high level and it's really fun to be a part of that. So whether it's our community, I'd love it to be our community, right? But if you're in a game, make sure you're surrounding yourself with other people operating at a high level in that game you're playing. Yeah. So the website um, is renttoretirement.com slash forward slash str. That's renttoretirement.com forward slash str. Um, Sean, can you tell us a little bit, you know, there's obviously a form there um, so for people to fill out, but what does that actually trigger? Like what happens after you fill out that form? Yeah, they're going to go and they're going to see a, a quick um, overview training that I put together. It's about a 25 minute training that I really encourage people to go through that. I really dive into the acquisition phase, the management phase, and the marketing phase, and kind of what, you know, more details than what we talked about today. And then they obviously have, an, um, not obviously, if they go there as well, they're going to have access to the book um, that takes you through our nine-step process. And then ultimately, 
after you go through that, if you feel like, hey, this is something I'm really interested in exploring, we've got our mastermind coaching program and you're going to have an opportunity to jump on the phone with us and we'll have a chat and see if this feels like it's the right fit for you. Um, we're very like it, those those we're we're by invitation only. So we're we're always turning away more people. I wish we weren't. I always I was talking to somebody yesterday on a podcast saying if I could solve one problem, it would be that we could fulfill and help more people than we actually are set up to. But we're we're very diligent about only accepting people that we can help. And so we have very open and honest conversations about where you're at, what you're looking to get out of this asset class. And if we feel like it would be the right fit for you. And even to Zach's point, it's not somebody that's just getting into the game. We have, I would say half of the people who join us already own short-term rentals and they're saying, okay, I can, I can see what's going on here. I have this, I'm part of this 80%. I want to be part of that 10%, that top, that the top 10% because I can see the difference. And so even if you're in the game and you're, you're wondering, or you're struggling, you know, what levers to pull and you're, you're questioning that jump on the phone with us and let's see if we can point you in that right direction. All sure. right. Sean, do you think that, um, you know, by starting this business in this community, are you ever surprised by the amount that you, that it gives back to you and that you learn from your every community? day, every day I am. I tell, I tell them all that everybody all the time, I get more out of this than I think I feel like I ever give. And, um, it, it's crazy because, because of the community, because we're rubbing shoulders with those people. I have, I have more members that I can count that have bigger and better portfolios than I've built. And, you know, taking that process and they're just taking that baton and running with it. And it's just so exciting and fun to see. And it keeps us in the game. I, you know, selfishly, Zach, one of the big reasons I started this, I told people this in the very beginning when they're like, why are you, why are you coaching if you have a successful portfolio, which I, you know, everybody has their own reasons, but I selfishly in the beginning when I did it, it was because I wanted to build a community of people that were doing it so that I could, that I could gain knowledge from them. And, uh, and so I always feel like we get, we get more than we give uh, just because the people are so amazing. That's something once we started to do um, like more um, education and be involved in the podcast and just like branch outside of our, our little niche too, just definitely in the turnkey and long-term real space, but just like in real estate in general, it's like, man, the stuff I, I love doing these type of th interviews and things because I've just grown my knowledge base significantly yeah. and it's just really cool to learn about and and all things right from a tax and a legal yes. and just yeah. creative mm -hmm. things to do because we're interviewing all those people and they all pay play a key role in being a successful investor and it's it's really cool i think real estate is a cool community in general when you you connect with the right people because all the all tides rise together right everyone has something of value to share yes. from their experience uh and and yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool when you see some of your clients that I, you know, you remember talking to them years ago and they were helping them buy their first or second house. And all of a sudden, like you, they come back to you and they have this huge portfolio yeah. on business and you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know you guys do this too, um, with your community, but one of the things that opens up for, for myself personally, but we also share it with our entire membership group is our collective portfolio and our collective experience and, and kind of the footprint that we have in the game right now allows us access to the best in the business, right? The best tax advisors, the best lenders, you know, the best management companies, they call us and say, Hey, we would love to talk to you and talk to your community. And so it's really fun. We're at that stage now where we, I mean, we have access to the best of the best. And without this, nobody would probably would have known who Sean Moore was with my real estate portfolio. Right. And so now we have and it's fun because those they become expert advisors to our mastermind group and they start to work with our mastermind community and they have that access because of the collective portfolio as well. And I know you guys have seen that with rent to retirement where you you the access we have, the doors that are opened are significant because of the collective. That's just part of yeah, building, you know, being part of that community yeah. that's constantly growing and, and being on that uh, you know, forward progression path so that's that's super important yeah surrounding yourself with the right people yeah uh, that that will determine you know your success i think net i always tell people that the network and the people you surround yourself with is way more important and way you know higher of a level of determination of where you're going to be success wise than any investment that you would make um, so don't go the path alone you know form the right people and just like i mean so, so a few gold nuggets can make all the difference, right? Of yeah. the education piece. Sean, just in closing here, is there any pieces of advice that you would offer to someone that is 
you know, either I would say someone that's looking to get started in the short-term space or someone that is already getting started but struggling, what what would you advise to them besides like, hey, all the things we talked about, joining community? You sure. Know? One, don't, I mean, if, if it's the game you want to play, don't get discouraged and give up on it. The, I, one of the things I've been hearing a lot recently, which is crazy to me, is the run is over, right? Short-term rentals are, are you know, the, the, the glory days are behind us. You know, the golden years are, are past. <laughs> And this as an asset class and the demand on the back end is so huge. And there are things that you may not know right now that are going to be right in front of you. And so whether you want to get started, dive into it. Sometimes it's just reading a book, right? One of the, be- one of the biggest levers that we can pull sometimes and the best return on investment is just buying a book. Go get a book, learn about it. Take the next step, dive into something else, but take, take steps forward to progress. If you're in the game and you're frustrated and you're saying, man, I feel like, I, I feel like my market is oversaturated. I feel like I'm, I'm struggling to do this. Know that there's levers that you can pull. And, and I would just encourage people to continue to look for those levers or, and seek out that help because the, I believe the opportunity, we're in the very beginning stages of this as an opportunity. I, I feel like that this is just becoming mainstream and, and there's a lot of opportunity right now. And, and frankly, going into the markets that we're going into, the reality is there will be a lot of people sitting on the sidelines for a few years. And so your ability to start to separate now is significant, right? Look at this as kind of those, one of those separation seasons. If you continue to move forward and everybody else has stopped, you don't have to run that fast in order to gain a lot of ground before everybody else starts running. Yeah, fantastic. I I will say, if you think the run is over, um, those are probably the people who thought that Vacation Homes started with whenever Airbnb formed their platform because they've been around forever. And when it comes to the community, it made me think um, at the Bigger Pockets conference, I was actually sitting at a table of people and this girl got a notification on her phone and looked at it and she looked up and she said i can't believe this is happening here because you guys are the only ones that i could tell this to and it would mean something to you i just got approved to be a super host and <laughs> everybody awesome. there was congratulating her but if she'd said that around a group of people like it randomly they would have just been like okay that's nice what the hell are oh, you yeah, talking about? yeah high, high five maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that's so, awesome yeah so yeah i really appreciate you joining us today sean always great to talk with you Everybody head on over to renttoretirement.com forward slash STR to see their questionnaire and to get that video in the book that he was talking about before. That's renttoretirement.com forward slash STR. Don't forget to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you utilize. We greatly appreciate the time you're spending educating yourself and we'll talk to you on the next episode.